Welcome to the first episode of the I Teach Ag Podcast. This is Danny Silva, and it's what I do. I'm an ag teacher, and I hope you are too. We're here to interview ag teachers from around the nation and find out what their secrets are, what they love, and why they're ag teachers. So sit back and enjoy our interviews. We did have some technical difficulties on the day of the recording, so we apologize to some of those ag teachers. They're a little bit hard to hear. We had a poor mic that day. We're going to start off in the middle of the interview with George Green from Pierce High School. We had a little glitch at the beginning of the session, and with all new broadcasts, we have some technical difficulties. So let's get started with George Green from Pierce High School talking about his favorite subjects to teach. Ag business I love just because of the fact that kids don't understand the economy around them and to see how dollars flow and supply and demand works and get them to understand in an ag business class we begin to understand the situation our country's in and understand and why credit is a tool but it is not a source of happiness. <laughs> I love to hear that. That That's great. Um, and do you coach any judging teams? Oh, yeah. I, I coach. My primary interest is in speaking and parliamentary procedure, but I also coach ag sales and a few other teams. Okay, awesome. And I can tell you're, you're, uh, you're a great speaker. You, you, could, you could do this podcast for me. Oh, I doubt that. <laughs> this is great. So uh, podca- our, our public speaking is your most favorite. Um, how many kids do you usually get a year? Well, we, if there's a speaking contest, it doesn't have to be just FFA. We okay. do it. We do the oh. Lions Club speech okay. contest. We do the Rotary speech contest. We do the RCD speak off. Yeah, if there's something else that comes up, we will do it along with the prepared stamp creed. And then we use that, use the opening and closing ceremonies also in the speaking. Okay. And then that also leads all into the debatability and parliamentary procedure. Which all ties together, all, all. that public speaking. That's, that's, that's great because... And that's something for you young ag teachers to think about if you're anybody's out there listening to this is use all the tools you can. Absolutely. And all the practice makes or well, perfect practice makes perfect. And so if they can get out there and compete in a in a competitive mode, they're gonna do better in the FFA contest as well. Absolutely. I tell our parents I think public speaking should be a graduation requirement. I would agree with you. And and they'll kind of look at you crazy, but then when you start talking about how communication is the basis of so much of what we do, they get it. And then when you go a little further and say, and, and parliamentary procedure is the foundation of our democracy and the ability to debate and express ideas and maneuver, not is it just what happens in Congress, but it happens in every church board, every town hall meeting, every school board meeting. And if kids have an understanding of that, they can have an impact to what goes on in that meetings instead of sit there and wondering what's going on. Exactly. And, and I, again, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you have to be able to communicate what you want. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. This is great. And uh, be looking for our podcast. I might have had a little glitch in here with this one. but um, It's always good to get the ball rolling. Yeah, I thank there we you go. for the opportunity. And, and thank you, George Green from Pierce High School. Thanks. Hey, it's my pleasure. <laughs> okay, so we are back. We have... Tony Van Bevel. Troy. Tro- oh, Troy. I'm sorry. I was looking at it sideways here. My chair's a little short, so I was reaching up. Okay, so we have Troy Van Bevel. Bevel. Okay, thank you. And he is a single-person department from Lucerne Valley High School. Welcome. And thank, we, thank you very much. Yeah, We have Deanna Cargill from Shandon High School, just a little bit up north from where we are today. And she is an advisor and the department head. Not a single-person department, though, right? No longer. We're two people. Okay. Yeah, because that's... Wh- how many How many students? Uh, next year will be 65, 
and we have six teachers with two in the ag department. Okay, so, so we're doing good. Some of those, anybody listening from the the Midwest might might really understand you. And how about you, Troy? Uh, we have a small school as well. We're about. 275 kids in the high school. Okay. And I have a single person department, and we have about 120 kids in the ag department. All right. Yeah, so uh, almost good. half the school. Right. Right. Cool. Cool. Yeah, we're we're Legrand. We're right in the center, and we have uh, just over just under 500 in the school. And our ag department is at this year was all time high was 372, and then uh, next year it's going to drop back down because we're losing some biology classes. Nice. So, yeah, fun stuff. You know, California and its, its budget crisis. So I'll ask this question to both of you. Uh, well, Troy's been teaching for 17 years, and Deanna's been teaching for 11, so just one more year than myself. But I feel like you've been around a lot longer than me. I don't know why. Well, I was in the industry one year. Okay. Maybe two years. Okay. No, no, not, okay. not age. I just, you, you feel like you're, you have more experience than oh, I do. Okay. All right. I'm to win here. No, no, no. Okay. So, either one of you can answer this, but what is your favorite class to teach? For, for me, it's the, actually, I have a class called Ag Leadership, and it truly is um, a leadership curriculum. And when I, you know, when we talk about agriculture and FFA and how that coordinates with each other, um, it's involving leadership in every, in every class, but when you truly get into the class and leadership and teach these kids about, you know, the life skills and and about the good old-fashioned values and character and, and uh, you know, how that portrays. And in, in then a small school, other teachers are able to really see that. And, and you know, they're kind of known as your kids. And uh, Yeah, I, and I know exactly where you're going for, with that. that yeah. I love that part about teaching ag. Yeah, that's for sure. How about you, Deanna? Well, I have to piggyback uh, on Troy's answer a little bit. Probably academically or... You know, as far as the professional side, it would be the horticulture and landscape classes just from a passion standpoint. But um, as far as just the overall program, it would have to be the ag leadership because it's the foundation, you know, for all the students to be successful. And you have a class of leadership, but you probably pull in, I'm sure Troy does as well, all those fundamental foundations that you need to teach to your students to have follow through and expectation. Accountability, all the things that make it important to be successful. Well, and, and it's 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 almost a life skills class. Yes, absolutely. And, and so needed. Yes, and and I think it's our leadership classes. Our any leadership part of FFA is probably some of the most important skills our students are going to learn. Um, I always love when the the students, especially all of us, are from small schools. So we, I'm sure you have the the, the student athletes that are also FFA stars. And they have to decide what they're going to do tomorrow because they have a game, an FFA event, and lots of homework, you know. And, and so those skills that they learn from leadership and from us are, are huge for them because they're going to use them all, all their life, right? Um, all right. And I'm sure you guys teach judging teams if you're both small departments. Uh, what judging teams do you teach, Troy? Actually, for me, I, I focus, you know, we, we did a lot of different things, and what I focus on is the leadership side, actually. Okay. We do prepared public speaking, extemporaneous, Parley Pro, the Creed, open and closing. And, and interestingly enough, they got this new one coming on board. The impromptu. Uh, yes. Yes. And kind of like right now. And um, yeah. so so what we're, we're, what we're working on maybe is checking that out and seeing what's what's happening there. And, and just to throw this in there, this could be an excellent way to kind of help teach that 
class or help teach Absolutely. that as, as a fun thing because now they're they get to throw the headsets on and the mics and and they look all fun you know and goof around but they're learning something at the same time so i i didn't think about that but you put that idea in my head thanks you're welcome <laughs> yeah yeah how about you deanna all those same things uh, Troy just mentioned. Uh, I'm in charge of physically. And then aside from that, I also had an OH team in the past. And uh, Harley Pro is probably the next biggest thing that I had in the past. We haven't had it for the last couple of years, but um, all the opening, closing, VIG, cream, all of those every year. Which it's amazing how many Parley Pro people, or how many people that should be using Parley Pro have no idea how to use Parley Pro. Look, I'm sure you guys have like been your bo- board, like your board members. I was just going there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. So <laughs> our board kids members looking at me. Yeah, sure yeah. people. They're this like, is, I motion I too. Motion yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, like, yeah. I'm not going to second it because I want to discuss this first. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, this this also just popped in my head. But have you ever maybe thought about taking your Parley Pro team? And doing a session on how to properly use Parley Pro to the board members. Well, we actually did a little demonstration one time where they came in and I says, look, here's the list of Robert's rules, you know, and all the, the motions. And I says, you guys, I want you to choose. We just did a mini. I said, you guys choose. The kids went out. They came in. I give them these topics to choose from because it's kind of, you know, what you want to talk about. Um, is already kind of in place, and they came in and they did a quick session. And I think actually, the the board members were so they were almost blown away with, with awesome, and they really didn't understand it even. Maybe yeah, and what yeah. we were what we were, doing, what we were doing. <laughs> well, and that so they 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 saw what it could do, and so the next step would be say, um, maybe you guys would you guys like a little refresh? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, it was interesting. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. interesting. Yeah, you got to be real careful on that one, probably, because you don't want to PO them or. But yeah, because your Agonson grant approval is coming up right after. Yes, and your Perkins grant and everything else. Yeah, exactly. And they get to decide: does that Perkins grant go to Ag or does it go to IT or does it go to the business class? Yeah. So, fun stuff. Always working with boards, right? Um, well, thank you two for coming over here. We again, this was Troy Benvevel from Lucerne Valley High School and Deanna Cartgill from Shannon High School. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, we're back again, and this is, we have Lori McCormick from Chino High School, department head and FFA advisor. How big a school? Uh, The school is about 3,000. 3,000, okay. Mm -hmm. The first big school we've had. And and how many students in the ag department? Uh, about 140. Okay, good good size. Single teacher program. Single person department, okay. And we have Travis Wyrick from Bakersfield High School. Yep. And he is the FFA advisor. Yeah, one of them. Large school, right? Uh, about 2,700. About 2,700. And about how many people in the program? Or how many students in the program? We just crossed over 300. Just over 300, okay. Okay, it's pretty good. We have we have hecklers. Yes, just a little bit. <laughs> we have to get the student teachers come back <laughs> later and, and jump in later. Okay, so just a couple of easy questions for you. We'll, we'll we'll throw softballs out there for you. Okay, so what, Lori? I'll start with Lori. What is your favorite class to teach? Um, probably the ag biology. Okay, um, and 
actually no more my I teach anatomy and physiology in veterinary science. Oh, okay. The, and the upper so level. yeah, and it's it's anatomy and physiology, which to me is just really always fascinating and. I learn new stuff every time I teach it, so I enjoy teaching it just because. I, I, I enjoy that, too. When I can learn along with the students, you know, pick up something here and there because it, it creates that aha for everybody, right? Yes. And so I, I love that, too. So um, I don't like anatomy and physiology because <laughs> I've never taught it. So, But I do like the aha moments for sure. Um, how about you, Travis? Uh, well, right now I'm teaching earth science, but my favorite was the cross between horticulture and then bringing them into earth science or ag resources. Uh, okay, so so we have um, you're, you're bringing them over. You're bringing that ag part into the earth science, and yep. that is what I think a lot of our ag earth programs on in the state are probably missing. I don't know if you agree with that. Is um, I think we do a pretty good job of teaching ag earth. And the people back in the Midwest and the East Coast probably saying, Ag Earth, what the heck is that? Um, well, in California, we have to, we, we, we teach a lot of the science classes. So Ag Earth is one of them, along with Ag Bio. And so um, I am an Ag Earth teacher also. And I love trying to bring in that Ag into the Ag Earth part, into the Earth Science part. Because, I mean, for the most, I would think that most things crossover the only thing i leave out is um i definitely do not teach stars and planets see actually the fun (laughs) part for me is once the testing gets out of its way you can actually take that stars and planets and the idea of nasa and tell them okay now figure out how you're going to make it to mars and back oh okay wait a minute we got to grow all our food on this trip because there's no way we're packing it in and packing it back out again okay this is why i like listening to other ag teachers because I get these ideas. So that is excellent um, because what I do after the state tests are over is I go into my hardcore ag stuff and I call it my pre-ag biology part of the class and I make sure I cover all the um, species and, and reproduction you know, very very small amounts to get them ready for next year. But I really like that concept of the NASA part. So that's kind of cool. It was born out of frustration because our (laughs) administrators one year decided, well, you're going to have half a class of ag students and half a class of regular or science students. You're going to have to figure out two different grading criteria at the same time. Uh You're only doing it for a year. Figure it out. Well, half the class can't do some of the record books and some of the other work that I would have normally liked to have done. So we just said, let's figure it out. That's cool. That's cool. All right. And I'm sure you guys do some kind of judging team. Yes? Yes. So, Lori, what's your favorite judging team? Dairy cattle evaluation. Dairy cattle evaluation. That's something yes. that all ag teachers can sink their teeth into, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and what makes that so much fun for you? Um, actually, part of it is that uh, my, my husband is a cow evaluator by trade. Okay. Um, and also um, does reproductive consultation for dairies. Okay. So it is something that we do together. Um, and being an ag teacher, it's difficult. Um, and he's a 4-H leader. So oftentimes it's difficult for us to find time to do things together. And so this is something that we get to do together. That is and great. And so I like that. But the other part is that I'm teaching in what used to be you know, the dairy capital of the world and is no No longer. longer. Um, But we still have a lot of dairymen in our area 
and they struggle every day with the challenges of trying to farm in what is becoming quickly a very urban community. Yes. And so it's fun to give opportunities for them, for some of my students to go out onto those dairies and see what our local production farmers do. Um, and to, they start to gain a respect for production ag in general by getting the opportunity to see the production ag that's in their backyard. And it's the dairy cattle judging and, that does that. And I love everything you hit on right there. You, you hit on bringing the family in or bringing the family together on that, which is huge for ag teachers. And just making sure that they know how this is going to apply in the real world, right? Yes. And, and so they can, they can physically see, hey, I can get a job doing this and what I'm learning right out of high school probably, right? Um, yeah, with some training, some additional training, things like that. Actually, um, most of the reproductive specialists that I know through Jeff all actually have degrees in um, dairy science or okay. animal nutrition or something like that. They've got additional training besides just so they the can see the levels. That are the schools that are offered by the reproductive companies. Uh-huh. You can do it that way, but a lot of times it's, to be really good at what Jeff does. You need that degree. He needs, well, he needs more background information than just strictly within. Uh, his, he was a animal nutrition and a dairy nutrition major. Okay. And has been able to use his knowledge and understanding of animal nutrition to increase reproductive rates on the dairies that he works with. Okay. Um, and to work with their nutritionists in calculating rations and doing those kinds of things. So he has higher conception rates compared to other people who maybe don't have that training in that background. That's, so that's very cool to, un- to know and additional to Additional education see. always makes us better at what it is that we ultimately specialize in. Very true. Very true. Very cool. And how about you, Travis? Uh, it's the old horticulture contest. Now they've named it Nursery Landscape. Okay. Uh, that's ended up being my favorite. Nursery Landscape. And uh, what makes it so much fun for you? Well, considering Bakersfield High School, even though it's a very country-born city, you're talking about the oldest high school in town, surrounded on all sides by miles and miles of property. The most relatable topic is still the plants that are growing in their backyard, in their front yard, the grass that's there. And, and the businesses. businesses and how it all goes together. Very true. Yes, I've, I worked in Bakersfield for two years, so I know that high school's right in the heart of the middle of the city, mm-hmm. right? Oh, it's, it's so in the heart of the middle of the city that the proposal in California for a high-speed rail goes right through the high school. Ah, interesting, very interesting. So we could lose a high school because of the high-speed rail. Uh, we're not even going to go there. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I just want to make sure that if anybody's listening from outside of California, they know where we're talking about. Bakersfield is at the southern end of the Central Valley, and Chino is? <laughs> um, we are down in Southern California. Um, I, I would say that the thing that I that we are closest to that is most notable to the world is Disneyland. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was Southern California, but um, I couldn't pinpoint it yeah, that closely. We're a little so. east of Disneyland, um, probably about, it, it's about 30 minutes from the school to Disneyland from my, okay, so, so which close. is real close considering uh, we're in the heart of the valley, and... Our uh, closest large city is Merced, and they're almost a half an hour away. So yeah. it's pretty comparable. And not in size, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, this no. has been fun. Uh, again, this is Lori McCormick from Chino High School. 
and she's been teaching for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And Travis Wyrick from Bakersfield High School, and he is our youngin this so far on this, and he's been teaching for three years. But look at this, three years, and he's given me great ideas, and I've gotten great ideas from you, Lori. I, the, the concept of the bringing the family into the judging teams, uh, I'm going to have to try to work on that one. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys, and I uh, appreciate it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back, and we are at the CATA conference in San Luis Obispo, California, and we are at the farm shop, and we have with us not two ag teachers now, but we have Tracy Davis and Ashley Pipkin. Did I say that correct? Uh, Tracy is from Woodland Community College, and Ashley is from MJC, or Modesto Junior College, and they are the Cal president and Cal vice president. Well, the first question is, what is Cal? Get it right up on the mic. Cal is a organization that represents all of the community colleges that have agricultural programs, and we host various contests and conferences that get different students involved in ag activities. Okay, kind of like a little bit like ag ambassadors. Yes, it's, yeah. it's kind of like a takeoff of ag ambassadors. Okay, and it, this is for just for community colleges. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're starting them in the in the small colleges so we can get them ready when they move over to the big colleges they can yeah, kind of do the same thing right it's kind of a nice takeoff and transition from the ffa all right perfect and so this is a a leadership organization to help promote agriculture yeah promoting agriculture okay and so what are your roles what are you guys doing here um well, we are the faces of Cal, basically, okay. um, as being the president and the vice president, obviously. Um, so we're just here talking about the organization and getting people involved and telling people about that we're here and we have this program for community colleges. And, and of course, we're ag, high school ag teachers, and so our students will be going to your right. schools and could be doing the same thing you guys are doing. Exactly. Awesome. I love it. It's fun. It's great. It's not exactly FFA, but we do a lot of conferences and contests. Okay. And it's really fun. And so uh, you, do you kind of bring in all the, um, all the different uh, subjects, you might say, as far as uh, disciplines of agriculture into this CAL, or is it, it, is it fo- focused mainly just on leadership? Interview. Okay. Okay. So you you could have people from say the dairy judging team in Cal, but the dairy judging team isn't part of Cal. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. That makes right. sense. I love this idea because uh, we were just talking about this earlier with some other ag teachers, and well, actually, everybody I've had on the show so far has talked about how leadership is probably the most important and the most fun thing they teach to their students. Mm-hmm. And how it's the most important thing they're going to need for the rest of their lives. What, what would you guys say to that? I would say that's really important, leadership. Um, you need it in everything, not just agriculture, but agriculture is such um, a leadership-based study that you need to be, you need to know people and you need to be um, aggressive with it. So I think leadership is a very good and, thing to know. And that is a good word, aggressive, because leadership is, is taking that initiative Right. right. It's not necessarily taking charge, but it's taking that initiative and making sure things get done. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to be the the person in charge, but you, ha- you have to be aggr- yeah, you, you have, to, have be to be part of that group, right? Right. So right. I, I love the skills that this is this applies. 
And so I'm going to ask you some more, less about the, the group, but a little bit about yourselves. Uh, Tracy, what you're going to school for? Um, I'm going to major in animal science okay. at Woodland Community College and then hopefully transfer to Colorado State University or Chico and just get my bachelor's degree in animal science and hopefully work in the industry. Okay. And any particular field of animal science? Um, probably beef. Beef. Okay. Probably beef. And, and what would be your primary goal? If you could get the ultimate job, what would you get? Um, it would definitely be at a higher, up in the industry to where I can um, control and be part of, be part of like a change. And okay. And we have a, we have a, a great beef guy walking by right now. <laughs> and so how about you, Ashley? What, what are you going to school for? Um, I'm also going for animal science. We're a little bit light, so you'll have to get right up on that mic. That um, mic's a little weak. Yes. I am, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. I'm also majoring in animal science, and I'll leave Modesto Junior College with my AS in animal science and agricultural sciences. Okay. And then transfer to Fresno State, where I, I keep going back and forth between animal science and um, ag education. Okay. Go ag ed. <laughs> okay, got to push that a little bit. And so, um, uh, just for people to be aware where where your schools are at, uh, Modesto Junior College is. In Modesto. Okay, I'm I'm just saying like where at in the state, kind of uh, give people a point of reference. It's really centrally located. Central. Yeah. Okay, because uh, I'm hoping we'll see what happens, but this podcast will go out to more than just the state. It'll it'll probably go nationwide. So. There'll be ag teachers or future ag teachers from around the nation listening to this, hopefully. Yeah. So they might not know where Modesto's at. And how about Woodland Community College? Woodland's northern. It's up uh, a little bit past um, Sacramento. Okay. Not, yeah, that's right. Okay, I've been it's to like Woodland. like 30 minutes away from Sacramento. Yeah, I was actually, we were just up there uh, mm-hmm. for our fall roadshow this mm-hmm. year. So. We have a really small community college. It's a really small ag department. Um, we have one ag teacher, Miss Asmus, and she's amazing and... So it's very, we have one cl- one classroom of just agriculture. So very cool, very, small. very cool. But it's a nice college. I I would say it's a I, really clean college. I agree. And uh, MJC is probably one of our larger yeah. ag community colleges. Yeah. Very good school, right? Yeah. Um, well, thank you, ladies, for telling us a little bit more about Cal. And I am uh, really happy about for the program. I, I am definitely going to push my students to go make sure they're into that. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. We're back again, and we have Brian. Did I say that correct? You got it. Okay. Brian Betancourt. Yes. Good Portuguese name you there. You know it. <laughs> and she is here, a Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo student, mm-hmm. and she wears lots of hats, which we like to hear. Um, you know, we don't like to bury people, but people with lots of hats uh, do good things. And so uh, she is Recruitment Director for Cal Poly Horticulture and Crop Science Department. And she is on the board for a program we're going to talk about more because I want to let people hear about this. It's called I Love Farmers, They Feed My Soul. I love the the group. And uh, she is also a former, which I don't think you can be a former. You are once once an ag ambassador, (laughs) you are always an ag ambassador. Yes. Yes. So I want to get started first with... uh, Tell me more about I Love Farmers, They Feed My Soul. Sure, absolutely. So I Love Farmers, They Feed My Soul was started just a few years ago. It was born out of a group of Cal Poly students, but it's not a Cal Poly project. Um, It just happened to be born here at Cal Poly. And basically it was a group of young people, students, agriculture students, 
who wanted to find a way to reach their peers, especially in urban areas, and to show them um, through Web 2.0 technology and other various uh, mediums the importance of agriculture and where our food comes from. Because if you remember, a couple years ago, Prop 2 got passed. Yes. And the agriculture industry looked at each other and said, what did we do wrong? Yes. And, and let me stop you there for sure. just a second, because this might this is probably going to be more than this California podcast. This will be nationwide. Oh, sure. And so um, Prop 2 basically was a bill uh, put forth by uh, the Humane Society. Yep. And uh, was Pete a part of that, too? I think so. I think so. And so their three big goals were um, more room for laying hens, mm-hmm. uh, get rid of uh, any type of farrowing crate or uh, gestation crate for hogs, and calf crates. Yes. And so um, three big parts of our industry that are used quite a bit around here, I'm sure they're probably used throughout the nation. And uh, it passed very easily. Yes in the affirmative to uh, get rid of those things. And, yes, like you said, farmers are going around thinking, what the heck just happened? Yes. And I know, I know farming families with uh, wives that, you know, you know not necessarily in, in those industries, but in the crops industries mm-hmm. that, that said, oh, yeah, this sounds like a great thing, mm-hmm. and went ahead and voted for it. And mm-hmm. so there was not enough what? There's not enough education, not enough um, outreach from the agriculture side of things, and we learned our lesson from that. And so, most definitely, that was definitely a catalyst for our for our movement. Um, so, what we do is we try and reach our peers, especially in the urban areas. You know, if you know anything about statistics, we know the percentage of people in agriculture is less than two percent in the U.S. So if you think about the people who are voting who don't know anything about agriculture, of course things like Prop 2 are going to pass. So a group of students got together, and we decided that we wanted to do something that hadn't been done before. And so if you look at young people, there's two main things that we notice about young people. The first thing is is technology is a big thing for us. Yes. We're on Facebook. We're texting. We're watching YouTube videos. So we thought, well, why not meet young people where they are? And that's where they are. So we do a lot of our outreach through those areas. Um, We have our own website. We're getting tons of hits a day. And we have one of the largest agriculture Facebook groups um, that's out there. So we're pretty excited about that. It's crazy. Uh, What are you guys up to now? I want to say like 30,000 or something crazy. That is crazy. So, okay, so we're that's, that's excited huge. Yeah. about that. And then another thing we notice about young people is young people pay attention to what they wear. They like clothing. They like to keep up with the current styles. So we do a lot of our outreach through clothing. We have a t-shirt line. We have hats. One of our taglines that we have created for ourselves is WTF. Where's the food without the farmer? It's a little bit edgy, yeah. I know. But we notice that's the approach that we need to take is to grab people's attention and get people to talk about agriculture. You know, we just want to start the conversation. We don't care if you're conventional. We don't care if you're organic. We just want to start the conversation and celebrate all American family farmers and ranchers. And and I, the, the WTF shirt always was one of the first things we saw and it was like, whoa, what's going on there? And so I just looked it up. Uh, the I Love Farmers, They Feed My Soul Facebook page has uh, 28,511 members. So almost so, yeah, 30. Almost 30,000. We're pretty we have, excited. We have an onlooker here that we need to get on the podcast. <laughs> All right, he left. Uh, that's too bad. Okay, so 
I, I love this concept. It is reaching young people and informing them about ag that they would have, ne- besides, unless they were in an ag class, they would mm-hmm. have never known. Never known. And, um, and sometimes even in the ag class, they just blow this stuff off, right? Exactly. And uh, so it's, like you said, it's reaching them where they want to be reached. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a great concept. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. And so I hope it just keeps growing for you guys. And um, I hope this helps us, and I'm sure you do as well, mm-hmm. that uh, this will stop something like Prop 2 from happening. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And if we look at the age group we're trying to target, trying to target young adults age 14 to 24, so we think about 14-year-olds, they're going to be the ones voting in the next election. So they are really are our future decision makers. So Very if we true. get their attention early, by the time it's time for them to vote, they're already educated about those issues that are going to affect you know, our whole nation. Very, very true. Uh, I, I wish you guys all the best. And I put up the posters in my room and we talk about it in our room for sure. So awesome. uh, in my classroom. And so let's talk a little bit more about what you do at Cal Poly here. Sure, and sure. so you are... Director of Outreach? Director of Recruitment. Recruitment, mm-hmm. sorry. Re- recruitment. Yes. And so what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I was hired by my department head. I'm, I just graduated, actually, with a fruit science degree. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Pretty excited about that. And my department head hired me to be the Director of Recruitment for the Horticulture and Crop Science Department. Okay. We are one of the very few non-impacted majors at Cal Poly. So, yes. you know, we hear a lot of things, oh, Cal Poly is so hard to get into. It's so competitive. There's no way you're going to get in. It's not true. There are a few majors on campus that are non-impacted, meaning if you meet the minimum requirements to get into Cal Poly, you will get into one of our majors. We recently revamped our department so that we had, we used to have three majors. Now we have one. Okay. We used to have crop science, fruit science, and environmental horticulture. I remember we, that. Mm-hmm. We have currently revamped our major or our department so that we have one major, and that major is agricultural and environmental plant sciences. Okay. With that major, you can choose one of seven concentrations, and those concentrations act just like a single major, basically okay. just with a different title. Yeah. So fruit science, crop science are still available. We have plant protection science, greenhouse and nursery plant production and turfgrass and sports field management. And then two other concentrations that are that fall under the others. Couple so, thrown in there that I wouldn't have thought about. Yes. Yeah. So basically this just created for more flexibility within our department. We noticed that students when they come out of high school they really don't know what they want to do. They like plants. They're interested in plants, but they're not sure if they want to go the crop side, the fruit side, the horticulture side. They know they like plants, but they're not sure after that, what steps to take. So this just allows for more flexibility. You don't have to declare concentration until the end of your freshman year or if you're a transfer, the end of your first year transferring. Which is great because you have the major picked already. Yes. And now you, you kind of figure out, feel, get the feel for what you want to do. Yes, which absolutely. Which is a lot of colleges you can't do that because exactly. you have to pick that major right up front. Exactly. That's, that's great. I love that. That's so a great concept. We're really excited and um, I will be full-time starting in a couple months. And so I'm hoping to travel to different high schools up and down the state. So um, I hope to, to meet all the ag okay, teachers so someday. You, uh, <laughs> you high school ag teachers, if you're listening to this, uh, go ahead. And uh, I'm going to get a contact for Brian. Yes. And Brian. Did I say you that? You got one? it, Brian. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going to put this on the podcast, on the show notes, on the website. And so that way, uh, have a way to get a hold of her. And I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. Yes. And uh, so what's your boundaries? The whole state? 
outside the state? We're gonna stick to the to in-state for now. I'm not, okay. you know, I'm definitely open to traveling outside of uh, California. I'm, I'm sure you would be. Yes, absolutely. But um, for now, our focus is California. Okay, so, so you we'll people see. out there in Florida, contact me. Make it happen. I'll come. <laughs> and, and and get get those Florida kids over here at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Exactly. It's it's like. Uh, it's it's paradise, right? It is. Yeah. It's 80 degrees here today. It's gor- absolutely gorgeous. Without the humidity, Flor- yes. Florida people. Listen to that. No humidity. Exactly. All right. And uh, one last thing. Sure. A little bit about Ag Ambassadors. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Ag Ambassadors is a organization that was actually started here at Cal Poly by Dr. Joe Sable. I'm sure... People all over the nation know who Dr. Joe Sable is. He is uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Yes, he is. Yes. He is a legend. And he was a teacher at Cal Poly, among many other things that he did. And he started this organization with three main goals in mind. And those three goals are higher education, agriculture, and Cal Poly. But, of course, Ag, Ag Ambassadors spread um, throughout the nation. Now it's in various states, um, not only four-year universities, but also junior colleges. I was actually a part of it when I was at Merced Junior College before I transferred to Cal Poly. And so with that said, the ambassadors go to different trade shows. They go to FFA State Conference. They basically go anywhere that they're asked to go and promote those three main ideals, which is their respective college. Um, But first and foremost, higher education. And secondly, agriculture. Actually, first of all, agriculture. Secondly, higher education. And thirdly, and um, also very important is their respective college. So perfect. Well, thank you. I thank could, you. I could sit here all day with you because you are an excellent speaker. Thank you. Um, you might even think about getting your own podcast going because <laughs> you have you 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 definitely have it. So well, thank you. Um, thank you for joining me. Thank you. And have a good day. You too. Thank you. All right, we're sh- we're shifting gears here a little bit, and uh, we have somebody from. PCA or CAPCA. Are yes. you part of CAPCA? Uh, essentially, yeah. Okay. I'm part of the nonprofit and side. And your title, this is Shannon Douglas, by the way, mm-hmm. and her, her title is Pathway to PCA Coordinator. And uh, we're not talking about an, being an accountant. No, very good question. Not a CPA, PCA. Yeah, okay. And I, I have a lot of my students, they, they, they think they understand that term, but it's yes. like, no, 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 you, you're getting that wrong. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Great. Well, um, my job and the whole reason my job was created is that we have a big need for more PCAs in California. And PCA stands for Pest Control Advisor. And pest control, a, a pest control advisor or a PCA is a license that you get here in California uh, that allows you to write recommendations about, in particular, the inputs that farmers are using to protect their crops. So herbicides and pesticides and those kinds of products, uh, as well as helping advise on integrated pest management and sustainable solutions to pest management problems. Uh, all of those issues that farmers are facing, a PCA helps write the recommendations and helps them solve those problems. Great. So it, it actually goes a little bit further than that, what I thought, because uh, my father-in-law is a PCA, and uh, he runs his own business, and he's part of CAPCA. Uh, 
and I, I knew he advised on, you know, wind to water, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But I didn't realize you did the integrated pest management and stuff like that Absolutely. as well. That's very much a part of it. Um, all PCAs uh, is a part of uh, a lot of times the, the main purpose of their job is dealing with the uh, synthetic inputs. They're dealing with the chemicals, but they're also uh, helping farmers with things like uh, suggestions on maybe it's adding owl boxes for uh, controlling a, a vertebrate pest or um, a variety of other solutions using beneficials. We also That's have a great. lot of PCAs working in organics as well. Okay, so... Uh, being a PCA is more than just knowing about your crops. Mm-hmm. You, you have to know, you have to have some leadership skills. Yep. Communication skills are sure. huge, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. And they're certainly going to make you a more successful PCA. Yeah. And uh, and knowing a little bit more about agriculture in general is going to help you out in the long run. Absolutely. Uh, especially students that have been in ag education classes before are ideal candidates for this career because you got to know just a little bit about crop science. And then once you go on to college, um, they'll learn a lot more. Ideally, they're going to be crop science majors. Um, in some colleges, there are a variety of others. Some, occasionally, some ag business majors will get a minor in crop science or plant science. Uh, and so they'll, they'll certainly learn a lot about it, but someone from an agriculture background to begin with is going to have a great advantage. That, that's great. That's, and uh, I can just imagine, I don't think there's a contest that really applies to this, maybe the crops contest. but the Ag Pest Contest, actually. Ag Pest. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that. But I wonder if there, you could create a contest that would more encompass the PCA, or, well, or, or do you um, think there would be too much going on? It would, it would be pretty, there would be a lot going on, but it would kind of be an add-on to AgPest. AgPest and agronomy uh-huh. are, are really closely related. Okay. Um, if you were to add something to AgPest to make it even even more related, it would be um, the uh, particular products possibly that you okay. use to control um, okay. those kinds of pests. But actually, the ID in AgPest is, is right up the alley of what a PCA okay. would do. Okay, perfect. And I didn't even think about that as much as there is a lot of, that crossover there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was first thing that comes to my head is is you could have some kind of uh, writing prompt or or maybe a uh, speaking part where you have to promote what you want to do in the for the crop to make it better. Yeah, that's true. And I'm not sure. I don't know as much about the agronomy contest. Yeah. I don't even know what they do in that one. But that's so great. That would be that would be interesting. Okay. Um, and you're here at the farm show. To uh, primarily... Well, we want to talk to ag teachers and make sure the ag teachers know about the opportunities for their students in this field. Um, a lot of times it seems like, you know, people know a lot about uh, opportunities in crop science and in ag business, or rather exactly. in animal science and ag business, but a lot of times they don't know as many about the opportunities in crop science. Uh, in particular, the PCA field, we need uh, students with this license. It's really specific that they have to get. It's uh-huh. not just, you know, anybody on the street can walk up and take this exam. They've got to have a particular classes done. Yes. Uh, and we're looking to replace about 40% of our industry within the next five years. So there's a yeah. lot of jobs, and they're good-paying jobs. Uh, and we'd love to have more of our FFA students and members uh, and, seeking this path. And I, I think you hinted at this a little bit at the beginning, uh, the PCA field right now is, is kind of getting up there in age, if they I would are. say. There are quite a few veterans out there. That's correct, yes. Uh, a lot of people ready hair. to retire. And yes. so we need some big-time uh, PCAs yep. out there, right? 40% of our industry within the next five years will be surpassing the retirement 40%. age. So that's 40% to be replaced. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Um, that's that's a huge number. Yes, <laughs> it sure And uh, I know, uh, well, my uh, like I said, my father-in-law is a PCA, and mm-hmm. so is my brother-in-law. 
Okay. And uh, so you, any prospective students out there or PCA prospective people, mm-hmm. uh, remember you have some time off because the wintertime the PCAs yes. aren't doing as much, right? Absolutely. And there's a, a lot of our PCAs like it because their time off corresponds with a hunting season, uh, things like ah. that. So depending on your lifestyle, that can work out really nicely. Uh, yeah. It can be very financially rewarding. And there's a lot of different options within the field, too. It sounds like your father-in-law is more of a, a private consultant, works for himself. Yes. Um, so there's that kind of more entrepreneurial aspect or there's we have people who work in sales who are working for particular companies. Um, some people that work directly in farming and do the PCA advising for their own company. So tons of different opportunities within the field. Uh, so kind of the sky's the limit there. Absolutely. You know, pick pick what you want to do. Pick what mm-hmm. kind of co- company you want to work for or yourself and uh, go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very uh, financial. And what does it take to get a PCA license? Uh, there's two routes basically to get your PCA license. The first um, is traditional approach is to get your bachelor's degree in either crop science or plant science uh, or a closely related major. Each of the colleges calls them a different thing. You yeah. want to go to NAG school. Uh, you get your four-year degree in that. And when you graduate, you should be eligible to take the exam. You'll work with your advisor to make sure you take the right classes. Or for if you've got students that are maybe from a farming family or they're already engaged in agriculture somehow in production uh, and maybe a four-year school isn't the right route for them, uh, there is an opportunity for them to get the class they need at a two-year college while getting two years of work experience. Ideally, part of that will be working with the PCA, and they can also qualify for the same exam and get the same license. Okay, so I did not know that second piece. That's, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Relatively so you, new. you can do that do both sides. Um, mm-hmm. Sounds great. And mm-hmm. once you're done, once you have your license, you do have to keep up with your yes, uh, professional you development. Which, Absolutely. Uh, just like an ag teacher, mm-hmm. you got to keep those skills current, right? Yes, that's correct. And so, uh, okay, that's wonderful. Anything else we need to know about PCA or, or CAPCA? You know, a lot of times uh, when I get feedback from PCAs and they hear me talk and they say, and I say, you know, what am I missing? They're like, well, you're not talking about how fun this job is. You know, we really <laughs> like what we do. They're outside. They're working with farmers and ranchers. Um, and they really enjoy their work. The other component, too, is that not only are there opportunities for pest control advisors, but we've got a lot of, of jobs in this field. So a student that majors in crop science or plant science, they're going to have a ton of opportunities available to them, whether it's working in the seed industry or whether it's going to work as an ag commissioner or in the ag commissioner's office as an ag biologist. They've got a ton of opportunities there as well. Uh, we've got lots of jobs in crop science and plant science, so we'd love to have more students considering that as their career opportunity. Well, that sounds great. And again, this was Shannon Douglas, and she's with CAPCA, uh, the Pathway to PCA Coordinator. And I'll have her contact information if you want to get a hold of her, and I'll have that on the website. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. All right. We are coming back to the ag teachers here. We've been away from them for a little bit. We've been talking to some other groups. But we have Gary Winter. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And... This is an instructor from Reedley College, Reedley which, College, which is always stands out in my mind as as a great ag med school. It's nice of you to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to do farm power when I was a FFAer. That's it. And, and one of my most fun contests always was the Reedley contest. We're uh, we're fortunate. We have a great partnership with Quinn Company and uh, the Central Valley and Caterpillar Inc. And uh, so they supply us with a tremendous amount of equipment and. We're, uh, we kind of bleed yellow a little bit in Reedley. All right. Uh, I like that. And uh, so tell me a little bit about more about you have the CAP program there. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, excuse me, in, uh, industry and education partnerships that we're v- really very proud of. It's uh, become somewhat of a national model, and, and don't want to sound too vain here, but um, Quinn Company approached us a number of years ago and said, would you like to become a training program? We have a need for uh, young men and women who can work on this technologically advanced equipment, really primarily the Challenger Ag Tractor. Okay. And, uh, so you know, we did get the program started, and it's grown to the point now we have three full-time instructors, a number of part-timers. Um, 
usually 90 to 100 unduplicated students and program right. strong and growing and, and uh, on we go. I don't have a and uh, so you said about 90 to 100 students yeah. every quarter, every semester? Well, at, on any given time, uh, we, we have a, a block scheduling program so students can, can finish our program in one year or two years. The, trades, okay. the trade schools all offer a one-year get in, get out, get it done kind of thing. Okay. And we do the same. And But th- we also offer an associate degree for students wishing to kind of get a little more education and maybe mm-hmm. open some doors later. Maybe if they want to keep their further education going on to Ex- a four-year exactly, college. Exactly, exactly. And then honestly, uh, when Quinn Company hires, they would like to hire associate degree students if, no. when at all possible. And so uh, you were talking about when, when they hire. So are, are primarily most of your students getting jobs right out of this program? Yeah, we are kind of a, what they call a terminal program. So students finish here, and they, for the most part, go on right to school. Or excuse me, right into the work work world. A okay. few will go on to say Fresno State or Cal Poly, okay. and then uh, a handful choose to become ag teachers, which we're always proud of. Oh, we love that. But uh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, for the most part, our students are looking to get a job. They are they're wanting to get in, get out, and, and make some money. And, and it, like you said, it's it's primarily almost built like a trade school. Yeah, we well, really for all practical purposes, we are a trade school in a community uh, college. In a community college. College. Yeah. And Reedley is, is uh, fortunate to have a number of really outstanding vocational programs, and and, and we kind of count ourselves as one of them. Great, and and I like I said, I, I always thought of Reedley as one of those ag mech schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very proud of that. Uh, we are one of the. I think the college calls us one of their signature programs, which oh, is okay. and, unless they're mad at us. But typically <laughs> speaking, uh, they're very proud of us, and 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 like. I, I guess what sets us apart a little bit is just our strong industry ties. Okay, and. Uh, because this this actually might go to more than just California. This is probably going to be a nationwide podcast. So, uh, well, I hope hope there's going to be more than just Californians to listen to it. Uh, tell us a little bit more about where Reedley's located. Well, Reedley is in the uh, central part of the San Joaquin Valley. We're southeast of Fresno, just a little bit, right on the Kings River. Uh, prior, maybe 12, 13 years ago, we were called Kings River Community College, and, okay. and, and the name changed back to Reedley College. We're about 85, 90-year-old college, part of the... State Center Community College Consortium. So our sister school is uh, Fresno City College. Okay. San Joaquin Valley is the most productive agricultural area in the world. Uh, we're right in the middle of it, so we've got a. You're, uh, you're in the perfect location. Oh, for it this. can't get better. And, yeah. Uh, so we have a strong ag ties, but certainly construction as well. And uh, if there's a pers- prospective student, what would they need to do? Well, it's it's pretty easy uh, to go to www.reedleycollege.edu or just su- simply a Google search for Reedley College, and and it's uh, it's a very user friendly website, and and everything directs you. Okay, and uh, what about how many out of state students do you have? Do you have very many of those? Uh, to be perfectly honest, no. Uh, we have had some students come from Arizona, but uh, we have some students come from Southern California. California is such a large state that you know. <laughs> We have counties yeah, that, that, yeah. that certainly rival the size of some of the states in our in our great nation. Exactly, so, uh, but no, we we ha- from, from a large geographical area, the Central Coast, Northern California, Southern California, Bakersfield. Okay. But you will not turn anybody away from out of negative. State. No, okay, no, yeah, we, that's what we, we like, like to hear. That, yeah. So, um, and and is do you know of any other cap programs outside of California? Uh, there's some much? great programs uh, outside of California. Uh, ex- Exclusively CAT, there's a, a program called Think Big. We are not a Think Big okay. school. What we're, we're what they call a Caterpillar, Calip, excuse me, Caterpillar Regional Training School. Okay. So our curriculum is CAT curriculum. We work on primarily CAT equipment. Uh, we use a systems approach to what we teach so that students will take engine systems, fuel systems, electrical systems, hydraulics, air conditioning, transmissions. 
um, so they can really work on anything that Do comes it in all. front of them. That, well, that's the idea. Okay. They, they get a real good basic background, and then uh, work experience is, is certainly a, a huge key component to whatever. All right. That sounds do. great. So. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you have a class or two that you teach. What is your favorite class to teach? Uh, I, I really am a big fan of the electrical systems, okay. and, and I also do a lot with transmissions. Okay. Uh, I've, I think I've taught virtually everything in our program, but we have. I'm fortunate to have instructors that uh, one of them is, has specialized nicely in hydraulics. I'm also okay. kind of a hydraulic guy, but but he uh, he's done very well with it. Another one of my teaching partners, Larry Denise, is the engine expert and knows way more than both Nick and I put together. So okay, so you specialize. We, uh, we, oh, we bit. defer to him in a hurry because okay. it's a very technical. Uh, it sounds like well, it sounds like to me that you're the the, the complex systems guy. Because I, uh, I don't know if that's true, but uh, I, electrical me. and uh, transmissions. The, my, I both. Both my other teachers can do anything I can do. They, they're very capable young men, so okay. I'm fortunate like that. Great, great. So. That's great to hear. And so be sure to check out Reedley College. And if you're interested in sending some of your kids to the CAT program, the CAT program. Um, check out Reedley College for sure. Anyway, thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right. So we are with Marcus Holland, who is with the California FFA Association, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. And he is the... Brand new, well, as of last year, correct, uh, leadership development coordinator. And so uh, all, our, of, all of our leadership development events, such as uh, Made for Excellence and Advanced Leadership Academy Green Hand Conferences, uh, Marcus is in charge of. And you are also developing curriculum for? Correct. Uh, so last year, uh, last summer, I rewrote the Green Hand leadership conference curriculum um and then this summer i'm rewriting the ala conference okay so and then uh ala which is advanced leadership academy and right correct yes. and uh made for excellence mfe uh those are also national events correct uh correct um they used to be called uh, Made for Excellence and Advanced Leadership Development is what they called at national level. Okay. Um, but last year, uh, National FA did a revamp to their leadership development programs, and they changed it to uh, 212 degrees and 360 degrees. Um, and I authored the 360-degree curriculum, um, and it's a new twist. So obviously 360 degrees of a vision kind of okay. idea, and then the boiling point of 212 degrees of what get, gets you to that boiling okay. point. I was trying to wrap my head around 212 degrees, and, right. and the boiling point just didn't go. I was I was thinking, uh, okay, 180, 360, <laughs> I could see that. Okay, so you wrote the curriculum for the National FFA? I wrote the 360-degree curriculum. And so what Very they, cool. They, um, I wrote the first series. So they do what they're doing is every two years they're – revamping. Um, it's a different set of curriculum for the same conference so that a student could actually go to two different 212 degrees and experience a different setting. Okay, so it's, it's not because uh, we typically have a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior approach to this and uh, actually the seniors aren't part of it right? really. Um, and we kind of focus on, you know, building um, so, but they're not going that direction then. Um, they are. It was just another way to market it to say, oh, okay. even though you went to MFE last, you can go again this year because it'll or two twelve because it'll be a different experience. Okay. So, are we going to change the name then? Uh, no, we're going to stay with Made for Excellence and Advanced Leadership Academy. Okay. Uh, we can't actually, unless we buy their curriculum, we can't use their names. Okay. And so, the only way that we're actually allowed to use MFE, so we got permission because it's no longer an MFE for okay. National Fame. That's good to hear. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, Saving some money for California. Yes, absolutely. And uh, those of you who are listening from the outside of California, you'll be looking for uh, 212 
and 360. Yep, absolutely. And so um, do they – and so this, this is kind of hopefully going to be more than just a state podcast, but uh, – is this kind of things that the states put on? They buy, they purchase the programs through the national, or does the national come out and help some of those states? Um, national FFA has a program set up. You buy um, the royalty fees, I guess, if you will. Okay. They'll, um, you can either train your own staff, have someone come train, um, or they'll what they'll. That's what we used to do because California did our. We bought the curriculum, but we used our own presenters. Okay. National FFA has their own um, staff of presenters. Okay. That they'll ship out to your state. They'll uh, show up. They'll do the conference, and then they'll go home. One 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 package. Correct. Just yep. Call us up. We'll do it for you. They'll right? ship the supplies, the <laughs> curriculum, everything shipped to the site, and then they just show up and facilitate. Okay. So, um, what what primarily your role has been to develop the curriculum for our new stuff? Um, what else have you been doing for us? Um, well, I, I hire and manage the, the teams that facilitate the conferences. So we have 18 um, college students that facilitate the Greenhand conferences, okay. and then the state officers that facilitate the ALA and MFE, and then the three individuals that we bring in to do SLE. All right. And so train and manage those folks, and then do the on-site managing of the conferences. And if you're not familiar, SLE is? Sacramento Leadership Experience. Our and so that is our, our way to bring in the government and make sure our students are, are well-versed in what's going on at the state capitol. Right. It's our capstone leadership program. Um, it's the top 40 seniors in the state that are selected yeah. uh, to experience a... Uh, excellent program mm-hmm. and uh, very hard to get into. Yes. It's uh, the, the standard of students that are in that program are um, very high-level thinking. Um, they're very active the last four years and are, are very uh, um, well-versed in their government process already, too. High, high caliber. Yes. Yeah. And usually our top leaders in the state for the FFA program. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, great, great students. I, I work with a few of those once in a while. I get to meet them and, and work with them. And uh, incredible yeah. individuals. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's excellent. So I'm glad to hear that we got some stuff going. Um, any changes? Anything you can let slip out or... Um, in the works for this year? We're just in the in the very uh, preliminary stages of the ALA curriculum and excited okay. to see where that goes because we haven't uh, actually, uh, it was be seven years ago is when we had, as we've been using the last curriculum for the past seven years. So we need to see that new change. And then once we have that, we'll now own all of our leadership uh, curriculums in state um, and we won't have to be outsourcing it to anywhere. Um, we may Very look nice. at opportunities nice. to um, outsource our curriculum to neighboring states that may want to have us come in and do green hands or MFBs for them. A little bit discounted rate. Yep. And get some good quality there. Absolutely. Still make some money for our, our, our state, right? Absolutely. That, that would be excellent. Um, and then our, our, pretty much our students would get to travel. Right. We can, uh, we can bring our staff in, and uh, they're already doing great hand conferences here. We can go to a neighboring state and uh, do the same conference there for their students. And Excellent. And where, um, I'm sure our, all of our California teachers know where to look, but just in case, where would they go to find more information? Uh, calag.org, which on August 1st we'll be launching our brand new website we're excited about. I got to see a sneak peek. I'm, I'm very happy. It, it looks wonderful. It looks like 2011. And, yeah, it and doesn't new look age. like <laughs> 1996. <laughs> uh, yeah, brand new website. Yeah, it, it looks great. Yeah. I, I, I really uh, was talking to Josiah Mayfield, our state assistant uh, advisor, and uh, tell him how nice i liked it how, how how well i liked it so absolutely good stuff yes and um anything that the students should do if they want to try to get into sle um just 
putting a lot of focus and energy into the application. Um, there's uh, two essay questions that they answer, or three essay questions that they answer, um, and really um, putting a lot of effort into that. Um, as far as, uh, as your involvement in FFA is, is continue just being involved and uh, attend in conferences that you can and being um, well-rounded in your FFA career experience, um, which don't, all plays into... Don't just be that show jock. Absolutely. Or don't just be the leadership kid. Yep. Yeah. Do it okay. all. Do all right. as much as you can. Good advice. Good advice. And uh, anything else you want to add? No, uh, we're just excited. Uh, uh, another summer here at the CATA conference and excited for the kickoff for our conferences this fall. And Great. And national convention coming up in October. Well, thanks for joining me and, and letting our ag teachers know a little bit about what's coming out in the future here because uh, uh, there's been a couple of people have asked me, you know, have you heard anything about the new F- MFE curriculum? So now we have a little bit of extra knowledge. There we go. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, mm. Okay, so this is a first for us. Well, everything's a first because this is the first podcast. But we have our first student and teacher team here. Um, actually, she's a former student of MJC, and that is Caitlin Lawrence, and she is the program technician in the Tech Peck, Tech Peck, yeah, there you go, Tech Prep program. That's a little bit hard to say. And we have Steve Amador, who is an instructor, Ag Mech instructor at MJC, Modesto Junior College. And they're going to talk a little bit about their program and what they're doing. So uh, first, let's start with Caitlin. And uh, oh, Steve's happy. Mr. Amador is really happy about that. Caitlin, tell us a little bit about the tech prep program. Well, basically what we do is we focus on getting students into programs that focus on career education and getting students into um, careers like ag teaching and getting that out into the field where they're actually going to be doing something more technical than, I don't want to say science, but they're, they're in a technical field of education. So we try okay. to get students into the program and keep them together and get them and get them through and complete the program and go in out into the teaching field. Kind of a, a segue from the high school career technical education field yes. into the community college slash college area. Yep. Okay. Sounds great. And what is your job? Um, my job right now is kind of a catch-all position. I do a we little bit those. of everything. Um, that's, that's an ag teacher job right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So everything from filling out paperwork to taking students on field trips to coordinating um, different events involving tech prep and other activities in the department. So it's a little bit of everything. And uh, a little bit about yourself. We know you just finished student teaching, correct? I did. Um, came out of Cal Poly and finished my student teaching at Houston High School. So okay. right outside Modesto. Great, and, great um, ag teachers there. Yes, phenomenal time going through their program and um, took a position at MJC for six months and now I'm looking for a full-time teaching position. Okay, so you guys, if you're listening to this, which hopefully the five of you that are, um, if you have an opening, make sure you give Caitlin a call. And uh, so, uh, Mr. Amador, yes. tell us a little bit about MJC. MJC is a comprehensive agriculture program uh, in the Central Valley of California. Uh, we have for a host about 800 uh, agriculture majors, uh, everything from agriculture to animal science, ag business, uh, natural resources management, uh, floriculture. A little bit of everything, right? Would you say you guys are the biggest or largest uh, ag community college there is, or junior college in California? You know, we are not. 
No, really. Really? Okay. Okay. Okay, Mount SAC. Mount SAC is, is a larger program, uh, not comprehensive. Uh, and, um, they primarily ornamental horticulture, vet tech, uh, and some So they're the largest student-wise, but you guys have the most all-around stuff going on. All right, well, we'll give you that, right? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're the largest. There you go. Um, and I'll have to ask, we're going to ask both of you, because you student taught so you you have some experience caitlin um what is your favorite class mr amador um, my favorite class to teach uh, i have a couple of them actually uh, my favorite class is uh, beginning agricultural mechanics class um i like to see open the world of agriculture to students who traditionally they do not have that exposure and they get to they get to play with play with it, right? That's correct. That's and correct. Uh, and so I have a lot of animal science students. I have a lot of ag education students. I have uh, students from all disciplines taking agriculture. It's kind of a new world to them. It's 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 just a little different than taking that animal science class, right? <laughs> there's there's a little bit. Well, there's danger on both sides, but it's a different danger. It's in your face danger. <laughs> that saw is spinning at a high rate of speed. Could lose your finger. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you, you primarily like the metal side of things, though. Yes, I am. Uh, there are two agricultural mechanics instructors. Uh, I teach primarily welding fabrication. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, I teach uh, Ah, okay. Uh, another class I enjoy teaching, um, I teach irrigation, uh, which is... Yeah. Cool. Cool. I like those classes. They're different. Different classes. The ag mech, kind of right in there with the ag regular ag class. But irrigation, you don't hear of too many irrigation classes out there. So fun. And Caitlin. You just got done student teaching. What I know you had probably a limited amount of classes you had, but what did you have the most fun with? Um, definitely had the most fun with the Ag Bio Kids. Okay. It's, um, at Houston, it's mostly freshmen, and I enjoy the freshmen because I enjoy the enthusiasm and the challenges that come along with freshmen. You either love them or hate them. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and bio is a hard topic for a lot of kids, and being able to take kind of an abstract topic and throw in an ag twist and then get these kids to kind of figure out what biology is all about, it was enjoying. I really, you know, it was, it was a fun process. Yeah. You, you got to, freshmen are a different breed, and, and you got to kind of take them from nothing to everything, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's, it's fun if you can, if you like it to do that. Channel the enthusiasm. Yeah. The thing I think the freshmen is they have that sense of awe. You can teach them something that they're unfamiliar Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the seniors kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We had a couple students. We were going over biodiversity and some biogenetic stuff, and students were asking me 
I mean, like genetic engineering questions. And like, what do you What do you mean you don't know this? I said I do not have a genetic engineering degree. If I did, I'd be making a lot more money. But you know, contrary to popular belief, no. I but you knew you. But you're <laughs> in front of the. You're, you're the teacher. You're supposed to know everything. So it was. But, it was that experience. <laughs> Google it, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We did that a couple times. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And now we can all learn, right? We were talking about it that earlier. How some of my most fun class. remembering classes is when I had to learn something right there with the students and everybody had that aha moment and and sometimes those are the most fun moments because the the kids can tell you're learning something and you're excited and when you're excited they get excited Excited. and so that's yeah that's always fun so um, you guys are both here representing MJC and so if somebody was interested in going to MJC how would they go about getting started and looking up some information Getting started, I mean, it's easy as going to the website, mjc.edu. I mean, okay. all of all of our information is on there. Um, if you want a personal kind of feel to our information, our main office phone number, 575-6200. I mean, it's, that's the, the base step. And say, hey, I'm interested in mechanics. And Gloria will say, well, you need to talk to Mr. Amador. And here's his phone number. Okay. And, and so that one more time, that is 209-209-575-6200. Okay. The MJC hotline. Exactly. To get to get right there, and, and call and bug Steve Amador. <laughs> get him out of class every like five minutes. Yeah. To feed off what Caleb said, I think the best way to help And the website does have information. But we encourage you to come in the hallways. If you want to be an advanced major, find. If you want to be an animal science major, find Mr. Mendez and Mr. Smith. I'd go just talk to this board. Talk to people. I think that's the advantage of meeting college It's a small town feel in a big, well, it's a larger school, but it's still, it's, it's that small school feel, right? Yeah, I, I, I kind of kick myself a little bit for not going to MJC when I was a kid because I came straight to Cal Poly. Probably would have saved myself a lot of money. Um, and I've always thought of MJC as a wonderful place to, for our kids to go. So uh, I'm glad you guys are representing them, and uh, thank you for joining me. And if you can't hear that in the background, we are truly in a farm shop at the farm show. Uh, the air conditioner, or not the air conditioner, the air compressor just kicked on in the back corner. So a uh, little bit of rambling, but thank you guys for joining me, and this has been fun. Thank you. And that's the first episode of the IT Tag podcast all finished up. We hope you enjoyed the interviews, and we apologize again for the bad mic. If you'd like to be on the podcast, please just go to the website, itchag.com, and fill out the contact sheet, and we'll be sure to schedule you on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks.